0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kinda like the high five, but if you wanna hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW reporting were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: You're with love. Let it surround
2: me.
3: Surround Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to another episode of the Sunday showing on BTSC Network. Oh, we run the North. I'm Kevin Tate from the Know It All podcast hosting this Sunday show for BTSC because we're Steeler fans and we love the Steelers. So, you know, thanks for joining me. Um, today, we're going to talk about the, well, let's lead up to it a little bit. We're going to talk about the reason I believe the Steelers will always have a chance in the ASC North and be more than just a contender but you know be a team that that's capable of winning the division every year and that's because of coaching so we're going to talk about the coaches in the AFC North today you know that's we'll we'll, we'll go over those things real quick just want to say hello to a couple of the people in the live chat hey john what's up buddy clarence washington uh snowman what's up snowman I see you around everywhere, man. Far as Steeler, you know, far as Steeler Steeler fans go, podcast, lot of stuff. So good, good to see you. Thanks for joining us, Snowman. Um, so like 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 I was saying, this Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers will always have a chance in the AFC North because of coaching. And we'll briefly go over the coaches in the division. Uh, I'll talk about Kevin Stefanski. Zach Taylor, John Harbaugh, and our own Mike Tomlin. We'll we'll get to Coach T last, but I think I think I want to start out with the with the only coach in the AFC North that has a losing record. Might you know who that guy is? Let me give you a hint. The only court, the only coach in the AFC North that has a losing record is the coach that most recently went to the Super Bowl. The Cincinnati Bengals coach, Zach Taylor. Um, Zach Taylor, like I said, has a has a losing record overall. He's 1933 and one in his, I believe this is his in his three seasons in Cincinnati. Um, but you know, life got a little better once he got Joe Burrow, and he may not have a losing season. In twenty twenty had Joe Burrow not got hurt. And about I think about game nine or ten of that season, Joe Burrow uh towards ACL in a game against the Washington football team. So, you know, Zach Zach Taylor was before he got before he got to the Bengals, he was the offensive coordinator of the uh at the time, yeah, the Los Angeles Rams under Sean McVay, so you know he 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 came to Cincinnati with with an offensive pedigree, you know because if you remember that offense at the Rams, I mean, well for Sean McVay offensive genius, so he kind of he he kind of learned under Sean McVay. But you know some of those years they had Jared Goff was the quarterback before he got traded to Detroit, and they had uh, a healthy Ty Gurley at running back. They still had Robert Woods at receiver, Cooper Cup. They had a really good team. They they actually went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots like about three years ago. Was that 20, 2018, 2019? And you know, Bill, Bill Belichick kind of shut out Sean McVay and Zach Taylor's offense. I believe the score of that game was like 15 to, to 9 or, or something. It was a low-scoring, low, low-scoring low, low scoring Super Bowl. But Zach Zach Taylor also Played college ball, played quarterback in Nebraska. He he was a officer coordinator at the University of Cincinnati for a little bit before his time with the Rams in the NFL. You know, so he's he's one of those young, offensive, innovative kind of coaches. But like I said, record 16, 32, and one, 337 winning percentage. They did get hot this past postseason, and obviously he won. The wild card game, the divisional game, the AFC Championship, and then lost the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, I thought the Bengals could have maybe won. I personally was, I know, I know a lot of Steeler Nation doesn't. I was rooting for the, I was rooting for Zach Taylor and the Bengals, and this is the reason why. I feel like there's no better measuring stick than to have the Super Bowl champion in your division. I mean, if, if, if the Bengals had won a Super Bowl, it would have been their first Super Bowl. They're no threat to catching up to our six. So I wouldn't worry about it from that perspective. I was really just thinking the Bengals win. They'll be good for the division, good for the conference. We get to play them twice. We get, you know, get to beat the defending Super Bowl champion two times. As it is now, they lost the game. They kind of folded the fourth quarter. But we still get to play the AFC Conference champion two times in our division, so you know I was, I was really kind of kind of for the Bengals in that regard. But uh, yeah, so Zach Taylor, like I said, nineteen thirty three and one. The Bengals, I don't know what to expect from them. next year. They could be one of those teams, they could be a contender in the division and be one of the top one or two teams in the division, or they could go back to being Bingling. That's what we'll call it. Bingling. So I don't know, but we, we certainly will see come, come next season. I'm looking forward to all the, all the teams training camp. I try and stay abreast on all the teams and their moves and stuff like that. So we'll see about the Bengals next. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns head coach. And that would be one Kevin Stefanski. Uh Kevin Stefanski has a winning record over his three years. This will be his third year coming up. So over his two years. 19 and 14. He's one and one in the postseason. His one win, as I'm sure you all know, was against us, the Steelers. Uh that that game where we just, man, we just kind of beat ourselves. We turned the ball over several times. I think Ben threw like five interceptions. Pouncy the opening snap of the game snapped the ball over Ben's head. The Browns got a touchdown off that. We just kind of gave that game away. And Kevin Stefanski was not even at that game because of the COVID protocol. He was at home in his basement. And he 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 was he wasn't actually on the field coaching that game. But he was the 2020 AP NFL coach of the year. He was a sporting news coach of the year in 2020. Um and you know he's 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 another he's another one of those offensive coaches he uh got most of his professional NFL coaching time with the Minnesota Vikings in in an array of positional coaching positions is what he did last, his last position with Minnesota before he came to Cleveland was offensive coordinator and they they had some really good offenses in Minnesota um I remember the game they went. They they went pretty far in the playoffs. I think it was twenty eighteen. They beat the Saints, Drew Brees, and the Saints with the Minnesota Miracle to pass to Stephon Diggs. Uh, Case Keenum was the quarterback then, and he was he's the Cleveland Browns. Well, he got traded from Case Keenum got traded from Cleveland, but he was their backup before just last week when he was traded to Buffalo. But it's it, it's a lot of run heavy offense. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of motion, a lot of run zone zone running, um, and it, the, the the offense seems to work. And I think the offense was good in Cleveland last year. It wasn't as good this past year, but I think that's solely lies at the feet of Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think Stefanski is a good play caller. The Browns have great running backs, and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh they like to run multiple tight ends. That's that's kind of his calling card. The running game, multiple tight ends. Um the Browns cut uh Austin Hooper, so that was one of their one of their tight ends. They had three good ones, but they they did sign David Njoku to a, uh franchise tag. They franchise tag David Njoku is what I mean to say. Um and they have uh Bryant um Brian, Brian, What's his first name? I can't remember, but he's a, he's he's a good young tight end. So you know we'll we'll see a a lot a lot of running game, a lot of double two tight end sets with Deshaun Watson and whenever Deshaun Watson plays. But the Browns did sign Jacoby Brissett, who was that kind of that kind of quarterback. He played at Miami in, for the Miami Dolphins last year, and he used to come in a lot on short yardage and things like that. He's a competent quarterback. He's no Deshaun Watson no Lamar Jackson, no Joe Burrow, but he's a serviceable NFL quarterback who probably can win a couple games as long as Deshaun Washington is suspended. You know, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But yes, Kevin Stefanski, I feel, is, is a good coach. Uh, Zach Taylor may even be a good coach, but I really feel like when you talk about the Bengals just a second ago, I feel like that was more because the Bengals got hot, Joe Burrow is just, is just a dude. Joe Burrow is, is a dude, so you know. But Kevin Stefanski, he ha- he hasn't had a dude. He had uh, Baker Mayfield. He's great. Get Deshaun Watson, so he's he's going to get a dude himself now. So we'll see how that turns out. But overall, I think Kevin Stefanski is a good coach. Like I said, 19 and 14 record, 5.76 winning percentage. Uh 20 and 15 overall if you count the count his playoff win and playoff loss. So I like Kevin Stefanski and we'll see what the Browns do this coming season, whether move they may make in free agency. And we'll uh check them out then come July and August. The next coach we're going to talk about. The second winningest coach in the NFC North, AFC North. That would be one, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is a Super Bowl winning coach. He won Super Bowl, I believe, 47. The Ravens, he won it against his brother, against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Uh, Harbaugh has a 137-88 and record for a 6.09 regular season winning percentage, and he's 11-8 in the playoffs with a 5.79 winning percentage. If we add those up, Harbaugh is 148-96 for a 6.07 overall winning percentage. John Harbaugh has been with the Ravens, I believe, coming up this season, coming up 2022 season will be his 15th season. Uh, he got his, he got in, in into the league far as his start was with the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's a special teams coach. The Ravens pretty, generally always have a really, really good special teams. Um, and that's probably because coach Harbaugh before coming to be the head coach of Baltimore. Well, like I said, was a special teams genius far as coach goes, uh, He's he's a he, he's he's a real a real risk take risk taker. Um I I believe this past year Baltimore lost like their last five or six games, and they were in all those games, losing by like three or four points at the most each game. But Harbaugh went for two a couple times. He took a lot of gambles that, you know, I don't know if I'm completely against them. I kind of wish Coach T would would be more risk taking. But uh Harbaugh is very risk-taking and it probably cost him a couple games last year. But he was uh he's he's a good coach. He won a Super Bowl, like I said, with Joe Flacco. And they had they they had a nice little run for a couple years. But Harbaugh was on the verge of pro- potentially being fired if it when when he had Joe Flacco, they were losing games. His, Joe Flacco's last year's starting quarterback there about midway point through the season they went with they went with Lamar Jackson, the rookie they had drafted. And they've been winning ever since. Like I said, the Ravens were down last year. I believe at one point they were 8-2 or 8-3. And, and they they like I said they just went on that losing streak. They had a lot of the Ravens had a lot of injuries last year. So you know, I mean Lamar Jackson was out like the, the last four or five games. They lost a lot of defensive players. From training camp they lost like <clears throat> two or three of their, of their, of their, their starting running backs. Uh, they lost JK Dobbins in the preseason. Then they lost, what's, what's the guy's name? Uh, I can see his face from fancy football. They lost JK Dobbins. They lost justice, justice Hill. They lost, they lost the big, the big guy. Why can't I remember his name? They lost him. So, you know, they, they were down. A lot of people, they were picking up running backs off the scrap heap. They end up, picking up Latavius Murray after he was released from the saints. They picked up Devontae Freeman who had been on teams practice squads for the past few years, but really he was, he was uh, a star running back for some of those Atlanta Falcon teams. But so like I said, Baltimore went through a lot of, a lot of injuries last year, really good, really good team, really good player personnel like their GM, Eric DaCosta. Uh, You know, they, Baltimore has a really talented team, and Coach Harbaugh is a good coach. I mean, so I think the Ravens are always going to compete for the for the division title in the AFC North. I mean, it's kind of hard not to envision where it's never not Baltimore and Pittsburgh fighting for the division, and the top two teams would be the Bengals and the Browns. I don't think that's ever happened because the Browns have never finished atop of the AFC North. The Bengals have a handful of times I believe four or five times in the 20, 20 plus years of the division and the other times are split pretty much between the Steelers and the and the and the Ravens. I believe with the Steelers having like an edge of one or two division championships over the Baltimore Ravens in the in the 21 year history of the division. But yeah, so Jim Jim Har John Harbaugh won the, a- the AP NFL Coach of the Year in 2019. That wasn't even the year they won the Super Bowl, but he was Coach of the Year. Uh, he has the NFL record for most road playoff wins by a coach, that stands at eight. So, like I said, John Harbaugh is a really good coach, and Baltimore will always be competitive. And we'll see what they what 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 they come with this this season. He's been their head coach since 2008. And now we'll move on and talk about our guy. One of my favorite coaches, Coach Mike Tomlin, been coached of the Pittsburgh Steelers since 2007. This will going, going into this year. He'll be going into his 16th season as the Steelers head coach. Uh, and as you all know, Coach Tomlin has never had a losing season. Repeat that, never had a losing season. That's an NFL record. Most consecutive non-losing seasons to begin a coaching career. Obviously, this was just his 15th season, so that number is at 15. Um, Coach Tomlin has a 154-85 and two record. Two ties on his resume for 643 winning percentage uh, in the postseason. And I think this is where the knock on Mike T comes. He started out real hot early in his career. Uh, the Steelers have lost their last three playoff games in the road that they've played in. I believe that was uh, Jacksonville, Cleveland, and this last game to Kansas City this past season. Uh, so he has an 8-9 winning percentage in the postseason. That's a 471 winning percentage. And that's not that's not good enough for, for Pittsburgh Steelers. Not knocking Mike Tomlin solely because of it, but he's the head coach, so he has to own it. Um, he has a 162, 94, and two record overall for 632 winning percentage. He by far has the highest winning percentage in the ASC North. I'm pretty sure he has the highest winning percentage for coaches over a certain amount of years he's only in, he's only behind Bill Belichick over the course of his career he's only behind Bill Belichick in winnings in wins he has more wins than Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, some of some of these other great coaches um he has a Super Bowl obviously he won Super Bowl 43 that was in the 2008 season that was uh against the Arizona Cardinals he was the the coach of the year in two thousand eight. Sportsman Dapper Dan Sportsman of the year in two thousand eight also. Uh, he also has a Super Bowl as an assistant coach. And Mike Mike Tomlin started out in Minnesota as a as a with in Minnesota and Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay he was defensive back coach under Tony Dungy they won they won that Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl. 30, 37. Then he then he went to Minnesota where he was a defensive coordinator, a young defensive coordinator. And in 2007, he interviewed for for the Steelers head coaching position. I know back then a lot of us thought the coach was going to be Russ Grimm, and we didn't know who Mike Tomlin was. I guess Mike Tomlin. I'm not sure if it was because of the Rooney Rule, but maybe it's why it's called the Rooney Rule. He got it. He got a, his opportunity for an interview, and he got in the. In the room and kind of kind of wowed some of the you know some of the Steeler brass, the Rooney family, and at the time Kevin Colbert was GM, and they went with Coach Tomlin, and I, and I think it's been a good decision for the past fifteen years. Like I said, we like to see some different results from the past three seasons that we've been in the playoffs, but Mike, I think Mike Tomlin is a is a is a is a great coach. Not so much X's and O's, though he though he. Does know his defense. He's a defensive coach, former defensive coordinator. Um, I feel like he's a great coach because, and it's cliche to say a player's coach. And we hear that a lot. But uh, you know, I think a little more just a player's coach. I think Mike Tomlin is a people person. I think he relates to today's football player, today's athlete, and they enjoy, they enjoy and want to play for him. Um, there was a poll done. At this year's Pro Bowl, back in February, of all the players at the Pro Bowl, uh, the question was to the players that were in the Pro Bowl, what coach would you most want to play for in the NFL? And Mike Mike Tomlin won that that survey. Uh, A majority of the players said they would want to play for him. Now, you know, I think that's why we look at some of the signings we have will get Miles Jack. You know, Miles Jack was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, there were some perhaps some mutual interest. Mike Tomlin picks up the phone, calls uh Miles Jack and said, Hey, we I need that. I need that. So we we're trying to win championships here in Pittsburgh. And you know, so I think it was just the 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 force that is Mike Tomlin's personality and kind of kind of bravado and his coaching swag that got Miles Jack to come to Pittsburgh. And Miles Jack probably could have went somewhere else and got bigger numbers far as far as money in a, in a contractual deal, but he feels like he's a he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. Pittsburgh's tradition is defense, the linebackers, and then Mike Tomlin's the head coach, and Miles Jack wanted to be a part of that hear Cam, Cam Hayward say all the time that, you know, he loves to play for Coach T. You know, and a, a lot of those guys, you think about the A.B. years when A.B. was the best receiver in football, and everywhere A.B., a, a, Antonio Brown has went after that, there's been an issue, there's been a problem. But Mike Tomlin was able to keep him on the straight and narrow for, what, the first seven or eight seasons of his career where he had, like, Hall of Fame numbers. I mean, we have to take all this stuff into consideration. I hear some Steeler fans a lot of the times will say, you know, fire Tomlin. We need to get rid of Tomlin. But I would ask the question, if we were to get rid of Tomlin, who would we get that's going to do better? I mean, the standard is to win Super Bowls in Pittsburgh, but folks, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. I mean, outside of Bill Belichick, nobody just wins a Super Bowl every year. Uh, What coaches in the NFL – have more than one Super Bowl besides Bill Belichick. I'm trying to think. Are there are are there any? Let's see. It's not Pete Carroll. It's not Sean Ta- Sean Payton. It's not uh who else has won a Super Bowl recently. It's not obviously it's not John Harbaugh. It's not Sean McVay. It's not uh Doug Peterson. He won one with Philadelphia with Philadelphia that year. Now he's in Jacksonville. So yeah, so it's Andy Reid only has one Super Bowl. For as great as the coach Andy Reid is, he only has one Super Bowl. And in Mike Tomlin's time in the league, Mike Tomlin's one has has a better winning percentage than Andy Reid. And Andy Reid's been really hot the past three or four years, these Patrick Mahomes years. But uh, yeah, so it's really hard to to win a Super Bowl. So we can't always just you know hang hang our expectations on that and have that be the end all be all. Because Mike Tomlin is a very, very good coach. Probably, in my opinion, top five in the in, in, the, in the NFL. Um, and there's some great coaches in the NFL. So we need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit when things don't go the way we, way we expect, the way we want. Because the expectations are high in Pittsburgh, and I get it. I've been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan for probably over, not probably, over 40 years. And you know, and Bill Cowher was a great coach, and Chuck Knowles was a great coach, and that's the reason why the Steelers are always so good. It's just because of the because we don't just fire coaches every every two or three seasons. You know, we 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 kind of stick with these guys. It's the it's the consistency throughout the organization, and just having those having those all of which Hall of Fame coach. We're probably the only Franchise in NFL history that can say, and at some point Tom will be Hall of Famer, that we have we've had three consecutive Hall of Fame coaches. The only franchise in NFL history that's going to be able to say that whenever Coach T hangs hangs it up and then he gets one of those yellow jackets. But yeah, so that's why back back to the top of the show when when, when we were talking, that's why the Steelers will always will always have a will always have a chance. Because of coaching, I mean, we do probably have the fourth best quarterback in the division with Mitchell Trubisky, and I think I think Trubisky is going to have a year where he can be effective in, in, in Matt Kenner's offense. He'll 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 do some things that we weren't able to do last year, as far as bootleg and rolling out and getting under center and some RPO options. A lot of things that Mitch will be able to do that old Ben wasn't able to do. Um, So I say that to say, even though we have the fourth best quarterback, I think we have the first best coach in the, in the AFC North. And, you know, coaching and quarterback quarterback player are critical for us competing in the NFL. And when you have one and two, that's that. That's not what we want, but that that gives us a chance. Along with how how I think Miss Trubisky will play this year. So, that's my take on the coaches in the division. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna check out check out some of the comments in the live chat, and we'll see what uh we can talk about. Let me see. This was what Brett Jewett says. I don't disagree with everything. Tomlin does regarding in-game decisions, but I wouldn't want any other coach leading my team. Tomlin's a a dog, and every player buys into what he's selling, what he sells. I would agree with you. I would agree with you, Brad. I mean, and that and that goes a long way, far as in football, being a being a football coach is the buying you get from your players and them wanting to knock down walls. For you at what you say at the at the at the beginning of a game during halftime, making halftime changes and adjustments. All that stuff matters. B Dirt is a Bengals fan. We'll have kind of, my boy B Dirt on the on the show one of these days. Uh B Dirt thinks Tom is a great coach, also. Let's see. must be fourth best QB but we'll have the best defense in the AFC North. That's is that va Ford? I agree with you, man. I think I think we're building a monster defense. I tell you what I did see today uh comments from the from the owners meeting. Uh Kevin Colbert he agrees that we still need a strong safety. Uh he says we have we have we have starter starter level talent at every position, I believe, except for the safety position. But uh, he, he, it sounds like the article I read a little bit ago earlier this afternoon sounds like he doesn't have interest in in the honey badger and Tyron Matthew. So I don't know. I was kind of I was kind of hoping that shoe would drop sometime soon and we would we would get to honey badger. But hey, I trust Kevin Colbert. If he doesn't have interest, even though Honey Badger's a great player, I think Colbert knows what he's doing. Um, I would say, if we're not getting, if we're not getting Honey Badger, then I would want to bring Terrell Edmonds back. He's a solid player. He knows the defense. He and Minka kind of working in unison together. Uh, I think Minka supports bringing Terrell Edmonds back, and the, the the defense is 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 going is going to be lit next year. I mean. Even if it is Terrell Esmond back in safety with Minka, I like I like those two back there uh on the back line. Then when in the middle we got we'll have hopefully a rejuvenated and and healthier Devin Bush to play with Miles Jack, obviously the best player, football player on the decent side of the ball in the world, and TJ Watt. And I think Alex Highsmith is going to even show so more improvement this coming season than he, than he did last season. He played really well last season. Uh, we want the sack numbers to kind of go up, but Alex Highsmith Alex Highsmith is awesome against the run. On the D-front, we should have we will have Cam back. Uh Tyson Al- Alalawalu will be back, hopefully healthy, and he'll, he should get he should get rotational snaps with Mon- Montravius Adams. I kind of like that pairing. Because uh, I like what Montrevious Adams brings, far as just you know, just energy. I think he brings energy to the middle of that, to the middle of that defensive line. And hopefully, we'll have Stephon Tuitt back. I've seen where, I've I've seen where he's been stuff spotted in the uh in the facility working out and stuff like that. Mike Tomlin wouldn't wouldn't confirm far as comment of what what uh we can expect from Tuitt for next season. But hopefully, we'll have him back. On that front line along with along with Louder Milk, Isaiah Loudermilk will be back in his second year. He, we should see improvement from him, Chris Wormley. Uh, and then on the corners, we'll have we finally signed Akello Weatherspoon to sign this two-year deal. And we and we signed Levi Wallace from the Buffalo Bills. So I really I really like our corners too. Uh I don't I don't think neither is either is a is a is a shutdown one A corner right now, but I think they they both are like one B corners, you know, both both high-end two corners, neither a, a top flight one. But with that defense and, and those those edge rushers and that that middle the middle of the field with the linebackers and minka and either Edmonds or maybe Honey Badger back there, I think the defense can make a lot of noise. And we'll need it with the quarterbacks we play, because like I said. So we have number the number one coach, number one defense in the division, and we're working with a number four quarterback who's going to be better than the quarterback we've had the past two years, Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger, and we won games. Let's see. Uh, looks like. That was a super chat from Snowman. I didn't know who Bill Cowher was and I didn't know who Mike Tomlin was. Both turned out to be great coaches. Thanks 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 for the contribution Snowman, man. And I would agree with you. Uh Bill Cowher was a special teams coach. He was coming from the Cleveland Browns, I believe, back when they hired him in I believe the 90 for the 92 season. Uh he was really turned out to be a really good hire. But yeah, the Steelers do don't just look for the big name. They don't always look for the splash, it's like they do a free agency. You know, it's just that that hard hat, lunch pail kind of Pittsburgh. Uh, I guess it would be north northwest Pennsylvania, northeast Ohio, where I'm from. Kind of work ethic, man. You know, the the steel mills, the industrial factories and stuff up there. People just appreciate toughness and work ethic and Those, what that's what the Steelers have hired in coaches over all the years I've been around. Uh, from Chuck Noll, Chuck Noll was coach of the Steelers when I was born, and uh, then with Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin. I mean, I like it, man. Love it, really do. Uh, let's see some more of these chats. Let's see, we got a is that a question from Russell Frederick Frederick Malik? Malik or Davis. I guess that would be Malik Willis in the draft, or Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from uh, Georgia. And it looks looks like he's listing cornerback, wide receiver, safety, and cornerback. Let's cornerback twice. Cornerback must be real important. Uh, my take on on the upcoming draft. I think the Steelers should. I don't. I don't. I personally, I don't really want to see him trade up. Uh, if Malik Willis was there at twenty, which I highly doubt he will be, but if he was there at twenty, I would want them to to take him because they can let him sit. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have invested any any draft capital outside of the pick that they're going to pick someone anyway, not any future assets. Uh, to let to pick him and let him sit if he was there. I do like Jordan Davis. I think Jordan Davis in the middle of our defense would be a monster. He would be a monster. Um, would just take that defense to it, which is already going to be at a high level, probably top top 10 defense. I like to think top five, but top 10 defense It would take it to another level if Jordan Davis was there. Um, but I also like some other players I like far defensively. I wouldn't be mad if cornerback Derek Stingley Stingley from LSU fell. I like Stingley. Uh, I believe he's a true number one corner. He would need some development, but I think he's only 20 years old right now. Might be 21 when the season starts, but he might even only be 20 when the season starts. But I like Stingley. Uh, I like the linebacker, Devin Lloyd from Utah. Um, I actually I actually was really big on him about a month ago, Devin Lloyd from Utah, but then we got Miles Jack, what, a week or two ago, and he kind of is not as, as needed as what he would have been had we not got Miles Jack. But I kind of like the idea of Devin Bush, Miles Jack, and if we had a third linebacker we could rotate and use as a – just use as a as a chess piece and move all over the field. We can do different stuff then with Devin Bush and Miles Jack. I kind of I like I like Devin Lloyd. So there are some defensive players that I like in, in with that pick number 20. We need a we need a, a wide receiver, a big, a big name wide receiver. Uh it's a lot of wide receivers in this draft. My personal, I think the number one wide receiver is Garrett Wilson. I think he'll probably go in the top. 12, if not top 10 picks, top 12 picks. Um, I like the other Ohio State receiver, Chris Olave. He may, he may be available at 20. I really like him. Jamison Williams. I like Jamison Williams from Alabama. I liked him more when I when I did some study study some tape and did some research this past week. And he's 6'2. I like that size. I didn't know I know he was fast. I didn't know he was 6'2, though. I thought he was like 5'11. So I like him with the size. I'm pretty sure he could be had because he's coming off off, off of injury. Um, what other the receivers? I like uh Drake London from USC, 6'4. I think it would be it would be nice to have him. I mean, the Drake London and a and a a focused Chase Claypool coming back, both big body receivers with good speed. I think that would be really good for Ms. Trubisky. But then I also like the, the the polished route running of Chris Olave, who I just mentioned a second ago, and pair him with Deontay Johnson. We would have two really good, really great route runners. So you know I could see us going receiver. I could see us going. If we take an offensive player, I don't think it'll be an offensive lineman anymore unless one of the top three or four offensive linemen fall to us. Then we that might make us reconsider. If we I think if we go offense though, we take a wide receiver. I think on defense the board is open. We could go defensive line. We need some youth injected in that in that room. Uh, We still could go linebacker, but there's a lot of lot of lot of good linebackers available with second and third round picks that could that could be taken, like Chad Mamua, the 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 running the the linebackers from Georgia. You got Quay Walker. You got uh, Dean. I think Dean will go in the first round, the Kobe Dean. But you got Troy Anderson, used to play quarterback, tested real well at the combine. So, you know, there's a lot of good linebackers. The corners, if we're going to take a corner in the first round, I think it would have to be Sauce Gardner. I don't think no way he's there at 20, but we could still be looking at Booth and Stingley Jr. that could be available at 20 if we were to take a corner. Uh, safety, almost safety, is a position we value in the first round, or that is really valued in the first round. Outside of Kyle Hamilton, uh, there is uh, the, the safety from Penn State, Brisker. I like him. I like the safety from Georgia, Lewis Seen. He's a really big, physical corner that can run really fast. I believe he ran like a four-three-nine. So you know, there, there, there are those, there are there are those players. Um so that's that's my thought on, on what we may or may not do in the draft. Uh couple more comments before we get ready to get out of here. Snowman says he thinks the honey badger will cost too much. I would agree, Snowman. I mean, we probably could get Terrell Edmonds for six or seven million, and the honey badger would probably cost cost twice that probably would be like twelve million to fourteen million. Uh so I but I just I just think the playmaking that the honey badger could bring back there with Minka, I mean, two guys you can just move all over the field that are ball hawks that track the ball and get interceptions and and force turnovers. That would be a, a interesting combination to kind of watch and see how 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 they go. Uh, let's see, we got another super chat. Let's check it out. Uh VA Ford players want to play for Tomlin. Can't think of another coach where players say they look forward to playing for him. Great recruiter for free agents. I agree with you, VA Ford. Man, I'm um, Tomlin is, is a is a is a great recruiter. Coaches do want to play for him. On top of that, and we we've heard I've heard like uh bad Brian Anthony Davis say this and some of the other guys on BTSC that the pairing as far as free agent attraction of Tomlin. And Brian Flores, like really, really gives the Steelers a leg up in free agency. Our players, if 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 the money is only different by a little bit, then players may choose to want to play for Coach Tomlin and being being a being a positional room or on the defense with Brian Flores, two really good coaches that uh, players like to play for. Let's see. Uh... Mr. Hammers said, keep an eye on Quentin Lake, son of Carnell. Uh, Quentin Lake, I believe, is a safety. I believe he played at UCLA like his dad played there also. Is that right? Uh, from my knowledge of Quentin Lake, he's a really good player in the Pac-10. I believe he, he, he'll he be a day, day three draft pick if, if he gets drafted. But if not, he'll be an undrafted free agent. And he can probably make somebody's squad. He's a really good player. And Cardinal Lake was a really, really great Steeler. Uh, kind of underrated, far as far as the Steelers go. Okay, thanks, Hammers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, B. B. Wicked said, "I pray, <laughs> I pray to God we get Honey Badger." Yeah, I can, I can understand that, man. I, I, like I said, I think the honey badger and Mika would be a crazy pairing. So yeah, B Hammers, round seven still. We talking about we talking about Lake Steel. I can I can dig that. Uh Steeler Nation 42 Pickett is a QB has a chance to fit here perfectly, just because the fact he's from here and knows what the Pittsburgh is all about. I don't disagree with that. Uh I wasn't as high on Kenny Pickett as a lot of Steeler fans. I watched his pro day. I really like what I saw. I, th- I think he could be an effective quarterback. I just think the the ceiling is isn't as high, but his floor is high right now in comparison to the other quarterback, and he's he's ready, ready to go from that perspective. But yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and get ready to wrap this up. I appreciate you all for joining us. Um, I feel like it was an interesting conversation about the coaching. We got into some of the uh, some draft stuff, some, some some potential free agency things, talking about the honey badger and talking about the potential draft picks for the Steelers. So I appreciate you guys joining us on another episode of We Running North. Be sure to to like and subscribe to the BTCS BTSC uh, channel on YouTube and like like them on Facebook. Um, I'm really glad for the opportunity that 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 Brian Anthony Davis gave me to be part of the team here, and you know, just bring you guys something about the ASC North every every Sunday. Uh, I'm about to get ready to do uh, my own podcast, The Know It Alls. Here, probably about 6:30. Check check us out on YouTube, The Know It All Podcast. Today, on that show, we'll be talking about the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about some NFL free agency and some NBA the end of the season as far as the playoffs go. But, yeah, so – but just thank you, guys. And tomorrow, tune in for – tomorrow's what? Tomorrow's Monday. Tomorrow's the hangover with Brian Anthony Davis, Tony Defeo, and, and Shannon White. Check those guys out tomorrow. I'll be watching. I'll be in a live chat for that tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. And you guys have a great evening, and here we go, Steelers. Let's go, Steelers.